0: Welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to The John Wherever you get your podcast. you watch it on YouTube, like button, subscribe button, you know the deal. If you want to find us there, go to Empire Media, A-M-P-I-R-E. Always, always, always much appreciated, especially when this team is one and two and you guys are frustrated and I don't blame you. I'm going to get to my conversation with ESPN's Todd Archer in a few minutes. I'm combining two podcasts or two shows into one the Dallas preview plus my keys and predictions which I'm going to get to in one second but but stick around for Todd because he's got some good insight into the Cowboys stuff that you need to know as as we get into Sunday's game and it is a big one for the Commanders not listen you can recover from a 1 and 2 1 and 3 start even but they need this to get you guys back to get that fan interest back if you want to get people coming back out to FedEx Field you better go down there and win this one because that's how you get fan interest. It's not by doing anything other than changing the product on the field, especially changing the product on the field. I know other stuff has to change, but on the field, you've got to change it there too. you got to get them back. That's why this game's big. Yeah, you could go on. Listen, they could lose this game, go on and win the next two, and they're three and three. But this is the game that can get the fan interest back. They're going down and winning in Dallas. So let's get to my three keys, and then we'll get to my prediction, and then we'll stick around for Todd Archer because he has some really good insight on a team that you need to know about. First of all, the number one key, or the first key is help Carson Wentz. The number one, the first key and the second key are kind of related, but I'm going to start with helping Carson Wentz. And you can do that in a couple of different ways. One, help get the, identify the coverages right away. Give him those clear path, the clear pathway to the coverages, through alignment, through motion, et cetera, because they you because you're going to need to know if you want to run that quick game Limit that thought process. Know what you have right now at the line of scrimmage. So that way, if you want to run the quick game, you know this side's zone, that side's man, this is zone, this is man, whatever. I'd help him identify the coverage, coverages through alignment, simplify that part of the game for him. Quicker passes. This is going to be easier said than done because there were a couple of times last week and even against Detroit where they did want to throw some of those quick passes and they were taken away because of alignment. For example, if you're only rushing four and getting pressure, you're going to be able to drop seven and take some of those away. And that's especially like a team like Dallas, and they're going to know that Washington's going to want to run some of those quick passes. But I do think you're going to need to do some of that, even if it's four yards. Get get Curtis Samuel on some of those. But Dallas's corners will probably can play aggressive behind this front. That's something you can do too. It doesn't have to mean short passes; just means quick passes. So if you can get guys to beat to win it quickly at the line of scrimmage. You can get some downfield shots off of a three-step drop. One, two, three, boom, get it down the sideline. They are aggressive. They do use safety help pretty well, but you can try that, and I think that's something you're going to have to do to get rid of the ball. Don't become a sitting duck. Carson Wentz has to play a smart game from the pocket as well, knowing what your line has been doing or not doing, knowing what Dallas's line can do. So he's got to help himself, but they can help him by calling some more of those things getting him into a groove don't sit there don't start running play action right away because you haven't you you have to show that you can run it effect you can run the ball effectively also marry those concepts make it look like make the run look like the pass you got to sell the play action runs excuse me the play action fakes if you align the way you come off the ball the backs the way they carry out their fake you've got to sell it. if you don't dallas is just going to tee off that's that's And then um, don't let it all be about Carson Wentz. That means the run game, folks. One of the things that I'm going to get to this in a minute about what the coaches have to do this week, but the way this team needs to find an offensive identity. We know they have really good skill talent. We saw it in that first game, and it's still there. And I do think they can keep building with that group, and it should be a fun, exciting group as the season progresses. But I think you need to start to run the ball with a little bit more physicality, and, and, and establishing that a little bit more last year when they remember you go back to last year when they had that four game winning streak which has become like this it, it's just something to always go back to because I think it shows what they can do or what they need to do they that was coming off a of bye week during that bye week Rivera went to Scott Turner and they talked about running the ball more earlier this week Ron Rivera talked about wanting to be a better run team wanting to run the ball more I would expect them to try and do that on Sunday. Just just to kind of give, throw something different at them and not, you, you know, Antonio Gibson, if he's running well, it can be a really good run game. And then you can get to some other stuff. Then you can spread and run with McKissick. Then you can run some of the stuff with Curtis Samuel out of the backfield, et cetera. But I think you're going to want to try and get that done. Now Dallas can take that away. Gibson has had four games against the Cowboys, too good to not as good. So we'll see if, what they can do. But I do think you need to test that as well just to slow it down a little bit. But I do think it was interesting that Rivera talked about the run game earlier this week in relation to things that they need to be done. So I think those are some ways you can help Carson Wentz take that pressure off of him to produce. You do have weapons, but but don't let it all be about Carson Wentz in that pocket. Number two, and that goes to number two, protect the quarterback. That should be the number one thing, and I should have put that first. It's not in any particular order, but this is an important one for obvious reasons. When you've been sacked 15 times in two games. Well, that, of course, is very important. How, how can they do that? Well, glad you asked. So, first of all, Dallas has a very good, talented uh, defensive line, and it's not just Micah Parsons. They also – and Todd Todd Arch is going to talk about this group in a few minutes, but it's not – and it's also DeMarcus Lawrence, still a very good pass rusher, they So the 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 big thing that Dallas does is they will create a lot of movement up front, a lot of slants, stunts, a lot of games up front, and they will move Micah Parsons around. It can be difficult to some, not so much difficult to track him, difficult to plan for where is he going to be on this particular snap because you don't always know. He'll oftentimes line up on the left. almost That's predominantly where he lines up. But he'll also line up on the right side as a linebacker. He'll also line up. In, in, in the middle as a linebacker and drop into coverage. He'll also line up as a pass rusher over the guard and come that way. So there's a lot of things that he'll do that they do to kind of get him out of some double teams and out of some, you know, out of and create some situations for him where it's advantageous. So you've got to know where he is. And, and the thing with him, he's super, super quick. As we've all seen, he's, you talk to players in the locker room, he's 245 pounds, like, but he can drop and cover. That's what's amazing about him. He's almost like the Sean Taylor version of a linebacker where he's got that size and the speed he's got the and the strength to rush as a linebacker against the, off the edge. What he does really well is he gets, he'll take the tackles two yards upfield. and then he's cutting two steps upfield and then he's cutting inside. He loves that inside move and it's very strong. So the tackles have to be able to set, but also know that he likes to get inside. He'll also know if you're setting too much inside, he's going to continue outside. That also puts some importance uh, or some responsibility on the guard. So Trey Turner, if he's, if if Parsons is going against Sam Cosme, then Trey Turner at right guard has to be aware of that. So Dallas will send an A-gap blitz. And so what Turner has to do is make sure you've got your hand on that bl- blitzer by also knowing that you've got to be ready in case Parsons spins the inside so you can help out. That's going to be a big key there as well. In practice on Friday, one of the things I saw the offensive line doing quite a bit of in, in their warmer drills is working on defending the spin. Parsons will spin. Defending on setting outside but having to work back inside, your hand placement, et cetera. They were doing all that. So they know what they're going to see with Parsons. The question is, can you stop it? That's going to be the key. And he's obviously – he might be the most talented defensive player in the league when it's all this year, whether – maybe Aaron Donald still is, Right. But, but Micah Parsons is going to be right there because he's that kind of a player-athlete. I think he's also smart. You can't move around and do as much as they do with him if that kid isn't a smart player as well. You you can also talk about chipping. I know a lot of people have talked about that. It's not always the answer, but I do think you're going to have to do some of that. I think you have to be smart about it. But the big thing there will be communication. When the backs do it, when the guards or, or whatever, any of the linemen do it to help out the tight ends, you're not always going to do it. There was actually one time last week, Trey Turner helps out Sam Cosby. So he chips the guy, the pass rusher, I think it was Brandon Graham, going inside. Well, guess what he did? He chipped him all the way around Cosby into a sack fumble. So the chip didn't necessarily work. If the the tackle knows the chip is coming, he can set accordingly. So if you know you have help to the inside, you can set a little bit wider on the outside, take that away, knowing you have help inside. If the running back is going to chip and the tackle knows it, he can set a little bit more inside knowing the running back would be on his outside, for example. So it's not and not every tackle likes to have the chip unless they know it's coming. Then they can plan and set accordingly. So that's a big key, not just the chips, but letting them know when they're going to do it and will they do it? I don't know. Um, They did a little bit last week, very little. And I think sometimes their alignment, they're not always tight ends they are not always in the line, not always right there. So a lot of times it's going to be on the backs. Maybe you could put the tight ends a little bit tighter the line, closer to the line, and then give the sometimes those those outside rushers then have to line up outside the tight end. And that's another way to kind of cause either hesitation or cause them to at least have a further distance to come from. But Parsons is a terrific player. And then he and Lawrence will oftentimes line up next to each other on the left side, create some stunts off that. That's a dangerous one. The other thing they'll do is create space for Parsons by slanting the line to the inside with him on the outside, and it gives a big gap. Where's he going to go in the tackles? You talk about an island. That's a big island to to handle. But that's what you got to do. You got to protect Wentz because my fear for this game is if they don't do protect him well, it's going to be a very difficult game to win. Because now you're looking at possible sack fumbles. Wentz, you know, Wentz under duress has not been as good. Give him some time. Get the ball out and protect him enough. And I think you then you have a certainly have a good chance to win this game. Number three, stop the run. You have to do that because that's what Dallas can still do well. And if this is what their offense is built around—running the ball, play action—and then Cooper Rush not making a lot of mistakes. Stop the run. That means Ezekiel Elliott, but he's not getting twenty to twenty-five carries a game, as he and Tony Pollard are their run game. And I think you know that's so. If you take that away. Get him into third, get him into obvious passing situations. Guess what? Dallas is 27th in the NFL on third down in uh, offensively. Cooper Rush on third down passing, seven for 21. And it doesn't matter if it's third and short or third and long. He's bad on third down passing. Get him to that down, but it starts with stopping the run. They've been okay at times. I'd say a, certainly a mixed record this year with that. The way Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb pla- played last week with that front. Should give you some confidence that they can do that. This is a different style of offense, though. They're very different style. And this is more power run, a power run game, and they like to play action off of it. So you've got to be aware of that, but they've got to stop the run. They have Dallas has a young tackle and Smith, the rookie from Tulsa. He can take advantage of the pass game. Jason Peters in the pass game, too. He's older. Those guys are big in the run game, though. And that's where that. That's why if you can take that away and get them into pass sets, obvious pass sets, then I think you can have some success. And that means I think one good thing for Washington this week is their their defensive line is healthy. The only guy out for Washington this week right now is center Wes Schweitzer, and they have Nick Martin going in. That goes back to my earlier stuff about protection. I actually wonder if Nick Martin, while I don't know how good he is right now. I do think he's got more experience at center than Schweitzer. So perhaps identifying a lot of the fronts and coverages in the games that might come might be more of what he can do because he's got more experience as center and can read more things. So I wonder, you know, is he as physical as Schweitzer? Probably not. I don't know how good he'll be as a pass protector, but I know in terms of identifying, it's something he's always had to do. That's kind of deviating. Let's get back to the run. And I because one thing yet, again, you have to worry about if you're watching him is that play action pass. And it has hurt him in this. Style of offense in the past. And I think with Michael Gallup is expected back. I think he could play, sounds like maybe 10, 15 snaps, maybe, but he's got the speed to hurt. And CeeDee Lamb can hurt them too. uh, Because of that, one thing I would actually consider in the past game is using Benjamin St. Just more as your second outside corner along with Kendall Fuller. I don't know if he'll do that. It's something I would consider because William Jackson has not played well enough to to warrant just automatically starting. He's got to play better. And I think St. Juice has shown that he's had a good spring, summer, and start to the season better than Jackson. And I think that's something. Would they do that? I don't know. But if you one thing they like is that three safety set and it gives them some versatility. And I think if you're going to do that and you want to get your best corners on the field, I think you got to get St. Juiced out there more. So I know that's a little bit not talking about stopping the run, but if you're not going to stop it, you got to worry about the pass, right? So but I think if you do those three things, this team has a good chance to win. That brings me to the prediction time. This to me is a this game to me is a referendum on the coaching staff. You've got to come out here. You we've seen the problems the last couple of weeks. They've got to be able to adjust quicker in games and throughout the week. This becomes a chess match now. Can you play that chess match? They've got to do it with this with starting this week. They listen. You got to do it every week. But I think after the last couple of weeks, you definitely have to show it this week. This will be a big mark of as to who the staff is and wants to be. I think there have been some good things that you can see. Like there were plays last week where I'd say, oh, wow, if you give Carson Wentz more time, that's a big play to Terry McLaurin. There were two of those where in the first half and one of them was a shallow crosser. It's just that it was a slower developing play. Good play on paper. Good play if you block it up. But you got to block it up. So can this group block it up? And then can you then, are you giving too much confidence in what what you think um, Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner can do at guard? Or are you going to adjust and say, listen, I've got to give them more help to get to that point where now you're keeping them off balance. And that's when you can start calling some of those slower developing plays because now you've established some confusion with that front. So this, that's why I say this, the coaching staff needs to come through in this one. I know the players got to go make plays. Always big on that. But I think this week, this is a coaching staff game. You got to go out there and prove it. I have all week has figured I'm going to pick Dallas in this one because I just don't like this offensive line against this defensive front. For some reason, I kept saying, "What should I pick? What should I pick?" I'm like, you know what? I think in the NFL, weird things happen. I think this is going to be one of those games. I don't have a great feeling for saying that. My confidence level on that is probably about maybe 50.5 percent in going the way I'm going. But I just can coop. Can you see Cooper Rush guiding this team to three and one? I don't think so. I think this team is better then one in three. So I think that's kind of where I'm going there. And, you know, maybe it's just more of a, Hey, let's see if this narrative changes. This is one of those, this is the NFL. And I, but my concern would be, and I'm going to pick Washington 20 to 17. My concern would be Carson Wentz turning the ball over early. And then, then all this stuff is out the window because that would, then the game goes a completely different way. You got to get ahead in this game. You've got to make rush play from behind and if you do that, I think you can have success. And then a week from now, we'll be looking at two and two going into Tennessee. Anyway, that's it for me. That I'll be back after the game with Nikki Jabala from the Washington Post, dissecting this game, win or lose. And there you go. So I'll talk to you next time. But before you get there, here comes my conversation with ESPN's Todd Archer, talking about the Dallas Cowboys, insight into Micah Parsons, Cooper Rush, and all that good stuff. Todd, Dallas loses Dak Prescott early and then they go out and win. And they win a couple in a row. Where are they at right now and why have they been able to do this without Dak?
1: Smart, efficient football. You know, Cooper Rush isn't making any mistakes. Um, the, the running game has been solid, very good to, to solid, I guess. Uh, with Pollard, with Zeke Elliott, the offensive line's playing better. He's only been sacked once in his two starts. So, um, this is kind of a formula you have to follow when you're not playing your starting quarterback. I'll be interested to see when Dak comes back, if they stick with this script a little bit. And, you know, this is a, uh, we might've talked about this in the offseason, but this is a really good defense. This isn't a defense. It's just getting by so that this is a complementary football team as Mike McCarthy likes to say.
0: And that's what they're looking for here and have been for a long time. Is it? So it it, go, it goes back to a lot to the run game. For that.
1: Yeah, you know, Jerry said it in the offseason, everybody kind of mocked him. This offense goes through Zeke and, you know, all that is like, oh, yeah, really? You're going to run an offense to your running back. That makes a lot of sense. But in a lot of ways, even when Dak has been at his best, it's been a, a good portion of it about the running game and what they've been able to do. And, you know, Pollard has ripped off two big plays the last two games. He's done a good job. Zeke is off to a good start. He's not getting the carrier or the workload that he, that he has in, his, in previous years. But he's still been effective in and, and a guy who's wearing down defense, as you can see it. And then that allows him to use play action, take some shots. And Cooper Rush is not going to be – he's not afraid to put it down the field. He uh, Don't ask me how many yards he threw for on Monday against the Giants. But he could have had about 130 more yards in that game. If CD Lamb holds onto one ball, makes another catch, and if Jalen Tolber makes a catch for him on, on three deep shots. So they're being timely with how they're using the, the play action game and getting the ball down the field. And, you know, the run game is kind of driving this thing for them. They they're in for 178 yards between the two running backs last week.
0: How surprised are people with with Cooper Rush? I mean, I know they have him around for a reason, but he's also on the practice squad. So how surprised are they with what he's been able to do?
1: Yeah, I'm writing about this for for later in the week, about just how basically lucky the Cowboys are because they've done nothing but try to replace him. They they cut him in 2020, in May of 2020, after they signed Andy Dalton and drafted Ben DiNucci. They brought him back after the Giants cut him from the practice squad uh, with, with Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert does a good job in his one start, gets him the inside track for the number two job the following year, starts the first three preseason games in 2021 when Dak is dealing with a shoulder deal. Rush starts the last game. They name Rush the guy. This offseason, they try to re-sign Andy Dalton. doesn't work. He goes to New Orleans. So they're left with Rush. In the preseason, everybody, oh, Will Greary, he's got a chance to win the number two job. It, and now Cooper Rush is still the, the last man standing. He's made he, – he doesn't – usually quarterbacks have like a aura about him. Like, you know, the, the, you walk in, the chest stands out. You would not know he's in the room with, with how he is. But when he's on the field, he's he's confident, he's confident, he's got poise. And you know, his first three wins as a starter have all been fourth quarter comebacks. So there's there's got a little, he's got a little something about him.
0: Is is Gallup coming back this week?
1: I would say so, yes. Uh on a pitch count, though, not full blast after missing so much time. Uh he'll have three. No, actually, no I don't think they're in pads today either. So he'll have two padded practices. Uh, since tearing his ACL and he was pretty forthcoming about why he didn't go last week on Monday, because it was, it's a mental deal. He's got, that's the last hurdle you have to cross over when you, when you come back from these injuries and just wanted a little bit more time. And I think you'll see him out there Sunday against Washington and again, 10, 15, 20 snaps. Um, and, you know, in practice players are saying he's making Michael Gallup at plays and going up and getting the ball. So that that's another reason that that another, another part will help. Cooper Rush, and it will also help Dak Prescott when he comes back.
0: And that's what I was going to ask you. How big a help will he be, just having that speed on the field?
1: Yeah, the speed, the big plays, the downfield ability. Uh, He's made tough tough catches. Um, You know, and I I don't (laughs) – how do I say this without slamming the guys that are in his place? Noah Brown has done a really good job, so it's not a slam at Noah Brown. But, I mean, there's a reason why the Cowboys gave this guy a $15 million contract in the offseason, even with the ACL. They they believe he's a a big time playmaker for them. You have CD in the number one role, Gallup in the number two role, Noah Brown in the number three. With what he's been able to do, you feel a lot better about your wide receiver core than you did you know back in Oxnard during training camp when they had an undrafted free agent, Dennis Houston, running with the ones a good portion of the time.
0: And then with with CD Lamb, you know, we see the big drop the other night. But how has he been for you for for Dallas? I mean.
1: Yeah, you, you see the drop and then you see the redemption, right? On the, right. On the game, yeah. the go winning game winning drive four catches, 48 yards. Uh, the, the one handed touchdown catch uh, in the corner there on, on the fade from Rush. So, the uh, encouraging signs after a discouraging opener when he just had two catches on 11 targets or 29 yards against Tampa. So, he's kind of coming into his own a little bit. Um, does need to be more consistent though. with – his ability to catch the ball, as strange as that sounds for a receiver. He's had some issues with that his first couple seasons, and, and he doesn't really know where it come, comes from other than this concentration and trying to make the big play before securing the ball. I think that's a big part of it, but he's been fine. And, again, he'll be the number one, but I don't know if he'll be the number one and you'll say he's going to have not, number uh, number one in the way Dez was or T.O. was or guys like that just because I think this offense is not going to be a chuck it around, and put up a bunch of numbers through the air.
0: How good is the line? Because you lose, you know, Dallas loses one Smith, replaces him with another. Jason Peters, a guard. I mean, how good is the line right now?
1: They've gotten better each week, and that's what you want. And Tyler Smith, their first-round pick is that left tackle, exceeded expectations based on playing zero snaps in the preseason at that spot, filling in for Tyron now. Uh, Jason Peters will get more work here this week, I would imagine, as he goes forward. Connor McGovern, who opened the year, at left guard. He could be back this week. So they're seeing seeing some stability on this line, um, which probably really just jinx jinxes it for them by saying they have had some stability. But yeah, the, the, the line has done a nice Zach Martin is still Zach Martin. Terry right. Steele after four penalties in the opener has, has rebounded quite well. And you know, Tyler Bianish is solid, right? I mean, he's not Travis Frederick, even though he went to Wisconsin, uh, but he's a solid player that. If he, he, he you know knows what he's looking at can get you in the right situations the right calls so they are feeling good about their line play right now it's funny what two wins uh, with your backup quarterback can make everything feel so much better than maybe what it really is
0: yes and two two losses in a row makes everything look dramatically worse as I as I'm covering <laughs> that right now and so the big thing is you have a team that's coming off a of nine sack giving up nine sacks against a team that has the probably the best pass rushing in the NFL. Why it starts with Micah Parsons is great and Demarcus Lawrence, but why else is their pass rush so good? I think Dan Quinn personally is the best coordinator in this division.
1: Well, that might be damning with faint praise, too. And I'm thinking of the coordinators no, across the division, it's
0: still a crown I'm giving up. <laughs>
1: <It's> still- <laughs> no, but but he, you're right, he has done a really good job, and I think this year he's added more to the package. In the second year, guys are familiar with him, but I think a key reason for the pass rush success is, and you mentioned the two guys, Micah Parsons Demarcus Lawrence, but they have six guys with at least one sack so far. And, and there were so many questions. They're like, how are they going to replace Randy Gregory? What are they going to do? Well, they replaced him with three guys, Dorrance Armstrong, um, Sam Williams. They got in the second round and Dante Fowler. Fowler has a sack and a fumble. Uh, Dorrance Armstrong has three sacks already. He had a career high, I think five last year. So they can come at you with multiple guys and with depth and versatility, you know, Little guys moving inside, big guys moving outside, moving guys around, confusing the line, and have such speed. But Parsons is the X factor on all of this thing because of how they can move him around and just how I, I've seen fast guys and I've seen strong guys. He plays faster than what he is, and he plays stronger than what he is. That I, I'll keep. I talked about how lucky they were to get Cooper Rush, John. These guys were lucky to get Parsons because. Yeah. If either one of those corners, Sertan or J.C. Horn are available, that was their pick. They were not taking Micah Parsons, or at least going to be a very good conversation down to the wire when they're on the clock. So, But, yeah, Parsons has been outstanding, and even when he doesn't have a sack against the Giants, he impacts so much about protection schemes that it opens up things for other guys.
0: He also, because what they do a really good job of creating one-on-ones for that group up front, too, with the looks they get pre-snap and all that. And he also is so dangerous because he's really good rushing inside and they create space for him to do that. It's, that's why I say, I really like what they do defensively. I mean, you know, I do, how surprised are they by the success that that kid has
1: had in just a year and change? They couldn't have expected the sacks that he's had. Right. I mean, you know, so, so, but surprised, I don't know. I think once they got around this guy early on, you know, And remember, he didn't even play football his final year at Penn wow. State. But surprised, I think, might be too strong of a word, somewhat pleased okay. that he's further along than, than, than they knew of. But ever since he got here, they just keep adding stuff to him. And it, it's never a point where he has to say, hey, that's enough. I, I can't handle all that. They keep giving him stuff, and he keeps excelling at it. So he's – okay, we'll give Aaron Donalds the best player in the NFL defensively. Just because he's done it for so long here, who's not? Mike Parsons has to be number
0: two, right? I mean, I like, you, know, you know the funny thing is Todd that people don't realize that he drops into coverage too. He's got to know all that. He's rushing from the right. He's rushing from the left. He's rushing inside. He's he's over the guard. You know what I mean? Like, but that's that that takes a lot of and you brought it up. It takes a lot of knowledge as well. But I think people think he rushes every down and he doesn't. And you know, it, it just shows his skill level.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, they have Anthony Barr that they signed, they have Van Der Esch back. So that allows them some freedom to move him, to put his hand on the ground or to, or to rush from the edge because they, they feel really good about their other linebackers to, to free him up that way. Um, and, and, you know, Van Der Esch has a sack. Barr has a number of pressures. He can play that Micah Parsons role and move Micah back off the ball and, and do some things that way. So this is where, you know, Dan Quinn deserves a lot of the credit for what, he's been able to scheme up and devise for for this defense. And, you know, there was no way they were going to match their takeaways from a year ago just because it's impossible, right? I mean, you can't, I can go, I think it was 34, 35, whatever it was. You you can't think you're going to average two takeaways a game uh, the way they did a year ago, but they're better defensively overall, and they've only allowed one touchdown in each of the first three games. So this is a defense that is, Trending would be the best that the Cowboys have had since I've covered them since 2003, which means well, how, we're
0: old. How much do you think they're looking forward to facing this front and then a quarterback who you know can do damage at times but also is not as good as he was once was at escaping the pressure?
1: Right. He, he can do damage both ways. He can do damage against the defense and he can do damage against his own offense by just you know, not getting the ball. I, I'll go to something that – Parsons said about Joe Burrow entering week two after he got beat up by Pittsburgh in the openers. Like, you know, you're not, usually you're not going to see that two weeks in a row. Now the Cowboys got Burrow six times in that game. Right. I'd have a hard time imagining that the Eagles, I'm sorry, I see I've got Wentz and the Eagles still in my brain. I have a hard time imagining that Scott Turner is going to say, okay, we just need to roll out the same protection scheme that we've had and right. we'll be fine. And, you know, after giving up nine stacks to, to Philadelphia, Correct me if I'm wrong, most of those hacks came on four man rushes. It wasn't even four
0: man rushes and a lot of one-on-one situations lost. That's the day that's the problem for them. It was it was as much about guys just losing at times, guys just losing battles and a couple times Wentz not give, getting rid of the ball.
1: And it so to me, it's you, you go quick game, you get it out of your guys' hands, you get to your playmakers on the outside and and make plays that way. And if you're gonna take some shots, max protect. You know, that might not be what you ultimately want to do, but not just let these yeah you can't just let these guys tee off on your on your offensive line and I think that's kind of how the Cowboys will have to anticipate it will be after a nine after giving up nine sacks last week
0: so last question uh Diggs and the, the secondary how 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 has he looked I mean he had a great year last year seems to continue to
1: improve yeah it, you know he had his first pick last week against the Giants he probably if this was last year he would have had three there were two other instances where the ball was in his hands and he just somehow didn't make the play which was Strange, but he's played well. Anthony Brown, their other cornerback, has played well. Jordan Lewis is doing a good job on the slot. And they've not had Jaron Kirst, their their leading tackler from a year ago, the last two games. And their safety play has been really good with Donovan Wilson, 11 tackles and a sack last week against the Giants. Malik Hooker's really kind of taking some ownership in the back end as well as the other safety moving into a full-time role this year. Um, They feel there's not a guy on that defense that I'll look at and say – man, they got to get more of that guy. They're kind of getting everything you'd expect out of everybody.
0: There you go, Todd. I appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you Sunday and the pregame spread at Jerry's World. Always enjoy
1: that as well. I'll save Thanks. some mac and cheese for you.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Todd. You got it. That's it for this week. Thanks to Todd Archer for joining me. Read his work on ESPN.com, We can also find my work, of course, And again, I'll talk to you after the game. I'll be back with Nikki Jabal from the Washington Post. So, talk to you next time.